Welcome to Ignition, an audio show for the new evangelization. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Bergwald, and with me in studio, hey, Father Andrew Dickinson. Hi, Father. How are you doing? Good, you? Nice to see you. How's the weather in Brookings? Oh, wait. No clue. <laughs> it's South Dakota. I'm guessing it's windy. It's probably. It is it's, but a breeze, only 30 miles an hour. Beautiful here in Sioux Falls, as you know. I don't know. How, how was it down south this morning? Oh, very beautiful. Wonderful. Good. Good. So, uh, yes, Father is in studio. I'm uh, migrating north after the retreat is over. It's the time to do that. It's early June. Summer is, ooh, almost upon us. Upon yes. us. Yes. Spring is almost over. Spring is almost over. So, uh, we are obviously recording um, in studio again. And as always, just before we get into today's topic, just want to remind you um, that that we love to hear feedback. We love to get questions. We love ideas for future episodes. So if you have any of those, send them my way. Email me, cbergwald.sfcatholic.org, C-B-U-R-G-W-A-L-D at sfcatholic.org. So, uh, yeah, we spring is almost officially over, but we're into summer in the sense that, that um, at least in this part of the country, school is out. And, Father, the summer blockbusters are rolling <laughs> out. <laughs> yes. So both you and I uh, had a chance to see uh, recently uh, one of the biggest ones, and apparently the, the biggest June. opening weekend, June, or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how to put this syntactically correct. Um, the movie that had the biggest opening for a first weekend in June in all of human history. You have to say an opening weekend for a first weekend? I don't know. I guess that'd be redundant, wouldn't it? But that's a live audio show for you. Is oh, the risks. Da, 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 oh, that's not the, oh, sorry. Man of Steel. Man of Steel. Man of Steel. So Father and I have both seen, and, and, and we'll, we'll, as we'll talk about this, the aspects of the, that that we both didn't love, but yet there were certain thematic elements because we, we we had both father saw this before before i did we talked about do we do this for the podcast father saw it we talked about it we're like yeah, exactly yeah that was father's response to the movie that was my first response to the movie too and so we weren't going to but the more we talked about it we thought there could be something here maybe 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 so well we're gonna give it a, the old college try we're gonna <laughs> We give it a rounding endorsement of ambivalence. Round, yes, uh, as far as as far as the craft of movie goes. Yes. But there are there is maybe a topic, something we can draw from this that we can talk about uh, and go into, which is useful and good for us just to engage the culture and know how to speak about uh, the Catholic truth and the Catholic faith in the midst of the culture from uh, at least one aspect that we're going to pick on from this movie. Exactly. So, um, and, and we can we'll, we talk about the things that, that bugged us briefly, but there are certain. Oh, we have to talk about the things that bugged us. The, the certain thematic elements that definitely are were, that we can that we and will will discuss. Uh, so, Man of Steel. Just to give context, to, um, this is this is a uh, Superman. A, yes, Superman. Uh, a, a, another quote unquote reboot. You know, every now and then, because movie theater or sorry. Uh, movie studios spend hundreds of millions of dollars making these big blockbusters. And they've definitely, for several years now, um, 
because they want to get a return on their investment, they kind of go back to the well. Right? All, or, or pardon me also, as you're saying that, I was thinking, is there a, is there a uh, more clear sign of the death of creativity in American culture than the fact that we can only relaunch old movies these days instead of creating our own movies? Right. So, uh, I, And again, I, I think it's going back to the fact that they're, they're concerned um, – Listen, okay, it's 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 nice and area yeah, creativity thing is great. Why don't you pony up a hundred hundred million and then see what you? <laughs> and I, you know, I'm, I'm I I get that. You know, I I get that. You want you're in business to make money. Okay, great. So this is another reboot where they sort of tell you know it's 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 a familiar character obviously, and they give a new. Uh, not necessarily new. They retell the story. Right. They retell the story. Uh, similar to Star Trek for you uh, movie listeners that are movie watchers. They uh, where the new Star Treks, they kind of retell the, the genesis, the origin of the character. And the assumption is that they're going to probably do a, a an arc of several stories with. Right. So this is just this is just the beginning. Chapter one. Yes. Uh, and and, and I, um, not quite as recently, but also in the in the recent cinematic past, uh, the the reboot of the Batman yes. story with, with Christopher the, Nolan, right? Who is producer on Man of Steel? Not director, but he he produced this, right? So so we've got this this whole reboot thing going on, and there was a recent, you know, the reboots are coming faster and furious, or. Oh, dun, dun, dun. okay. Anyway, never mind. Inside it baseball. was a recent reboot of Superman from 2006, Six, which is a mere right. seven, seven years, years ago. ago. <laughs> and uh, uh, but that did not fare well, no. uh, critically or commercially. Right. Yep. And so, so this is a this is another uh, uh, going yeah, again going back to the well. Let's look at Superman again, and I well certainly again commercially. Much more successful than the 06 reboot. Right. The 06 reboot was a relaunch that crashed shortly after takeoff. Take off, indeed. Um, it even got off the ground. There were casualties. Money was lost, I think. I'm not sure. Anyway. Thankfully, no lives. No, but no lives. Um, oh, it hasn't gotten that cruel. No. I, not yet. This one, critically, you know, sort of mixed reviews, but I think, you know, from our perspective, some of the, just to focus on the negative, or to talk about the negative first, um, my biggest thing, I think, and one of them for you, I know, uh, and other critics commented on this, uh, Metropolis, poor Metropolis. Oh my gosh. <laughs> you know, and we're not giving away spoilers when we tell you, but the, the Metropolis is, is destroyed. There's there got to be billions of dollars worth of damage to Metropolis. Bill trillions maybe trillions i think trillions yeah. a lot of damage to metropolis and it's just okay it, it's sort of like the, the the big blockbuster action movies are trying to one up like how much of a right. city can we destroy right. and make it plausibly realistic um so for instance i i think i may have mentioned this to you father uh, one critic point out in superman 2 with christopher reeve mm -hmm. uh when when we had the same characters general zod another kryptonian and his henchmen and women come uh, and the guy from uh, uh james bond movies yeah, the big tall guy. yeah, yeah, yeah. okay yeah. sorry so so superman makes a point of deliberately taking the fight away from metropolis to limit damage and death to right. civilian innocent right. bystanders no attempt whatsoever. In fact, yeah. at one point, the fight gets is taken literally into space and comes back where? Metropolis. Back to Metropolis. So, I mean, just, and again, that's obviously for the visual effects and boom, wah, explosions. Oh, that's cool, It's I much guess. cooler to see buildings explode than hay bales. Eggs, yeah. They've never been to South Dakota. 
<laughs> a lot of damage you can do in, uh, in the... In Not the, that I've ever exploded anyone's hay bales. I'm sure you haven't, Father. Um, so so there's that, that, to me, Father, that was the biggest, like, okay, come on, seriously, like, we can dial back the well, effects a little bit. And even on the effects, well, for me, the biggest thing was just the way they fought. Like every punch, like when like Superman, these Kryptonians who are like quasi Superman themselves, every time they fight, you know, there's a bit, I mean, it's, it's every punch like knocks them 500 yards. Right. And, uh, 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 I was recently watching another superhero movie and when two like super bad guys who get like can give 500 yard punches to other people when they're fighting each other though, the punches became normal because they're equal, equal. Right. you know, that like you might be able to give the 500 yard punch, but the dude can withstand a 500 yard punch. And so he just knocks back like he's getting hit in the head. And yeah. I was like, wow, that is quite a contrast to man of steel. And I think that would, to me though, just would have made the movie more enjoyable because mm. then uh directorial or cinematography, whatever you want to call it, just with all the zipping around, or maybe I'm getting old. Um, <laughs> I was at a hard I'm time. <laughs> I can't see what's going on. Yeah. But, uh, um, no, I, that's how I felt watching yeah. it, you know, and I, 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 I like action movies, but to me it was just a little too much yeah. in that way, a little too much movement. And uh, so that just made me a little cold on the movies. So like Dr. Bergwald had asked me coming in, oh, you know, where does this rank among some other superhero movies or other movies in general? I said, you know, it's, just, it's in the pack. Yeah. Yeah, it comes forward for a moment, it goes back, other movies come forward. But, you know, there's always ones that are, you know, in a pack all their own far ahead, right. but this isn't. This one hasn't broken away from the field. This is not in the front pack. It's in the no. back. Not the rat pack. It's no. not leader of the pack. Or the rat pack. The rat? Rat pack? No, okay, never mind. That's not superhero movies. <laughs> no, I, I get what you're saying. Yeah, you know, the whole, leader of the pack. <laughs> I mean, the Shangri-Las, <laughs> really? I mean, they were good, but they weren't super. But I only made that reference visually. Okay. <laughs> this, is, this, is a, this is an audio broadcast. leader of the pack. So anyway, oh, you in studio has its pros and its cons. <laughs> um, where, oh, however, I, I what I like, and, and I don't know if this is Nolan's influence or not, but with the Batman movies, what I what I appreciated about them is they weren't just flat, take a comic book and put it in real life right. movie or real action movie, like, but you know, not not animation, whatever, right. Live action movie. Not, thank you. Live action movie. Um, a, a bit more plausibility, more depth of character, and 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 that's sort of been the thing with the superhero movies of the last decade. Trying to make them a little bit more plausible, a little more substantial characters, not these flat two two dimensional characters. If I was a real comic book nerd, though, I could probably make an argument about the difference between Marvel and DC yeah, comics sure. in that regard. But I'm not, and so I won't. Okay. <laughs> Um, I thought that this, I, I did in many ways, th this is probably one of my favorite of the Superman movies. And I, I didn't see the actual 2006 reboot. Nor did, nor did I. Uh, but, but of the originals, <laughs> even the first two were really good. Then they sort of fell off. Which Richard Pryor was in the third one. Well, he was in the third three. one? Yeah. I've seen that one. That was like on, um, T that was on TBS all the time when I was a kid. And that was kind of funny. But the fourth one, I don't know if you saw Superman 4, it was Man of Peace or something. It was a uh, no. disaster. It's a movie where he like, destroys all the ICBMs or whatever? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, so there was, you know, um, they were okay. To me, this is definitely better. General Zod, uh, I, much more, I mean... What I love is when you 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 give some rationale to the bad guy. You know, you, you can you can get inside their head without making it more really equivalent. You know, mm -hmm. where they, there's no real good or evil. I mean, 
he's evil. He, but you, what, what's his, what's he after? Every evil is the desire for an apparent good. There's something good that he's mm-hmm. after. And that we're going to, that we'll talk about with trying without, are we going to give spoiler warnings? Is this a spoil? Is this going to spoil the movie? No. Okay. Yes. No, no, it won't. It won't. It won't. It won't. Okay. It won't. So we'll get into that. So a little bit more depth in the bad guy, but also in the good guy. I think Superman. Father's looking at me. If you if, if this were a video cast, Father would be. I think <laughs> the camera see, would be focused into my eyes and my, um, as I, uh, as I, pondering what yeah, I'm just yeah, saying. Pulling on my beard I, I do bit. think that Zod is more. Uh, you understand what well, he's no, after no, more yeah, than the first. The thing I'm just thinking of as you're saying that is, uh, you know that. Uh, well, he's a plausible villain in this way because he has a rationale. But then again, a Christopher Nolan uh, character, most recently the Joker, really seemed to have no reason other than just to watch the world burn. Good point. And just out of hatred of the world. That's not Zod, though. No. I'm not talking about that. And, and, and there is such a thing as evil that just wants things to burn. I, in terms of human evil, I, I, I'm not sure that I would agree, actually. Hmm. Anyways. Anyway, we that yeah, the, too many um, what, dead silence there for yeah. a little bit. Anyway, Good radio. Uh, so so with with Zod, there's something, but also with um, with Superman slash Clark, Clark Kent as well. To me, there's more substance with him. What he's after. Um, uh, oh, I, you know, I uh, I didn't like that. I thought. I, can't, can't the goodness itself and desiring to protect goodness and loving goodness be itself your motivation? They made it more personal. We won't give that away. Yeah. Uh, but they did make it more personal for Clark Kent Superman um, for his motivation to go into the superhero business. But for me, I just, uh, why can't good, I, I was like, is, is goodness itself not a good enough reason? It is, but I think, so one of the articles that I come across um, talked about the, 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 the place of vocation. Coming to awareness of what is what we're being called to, what we're expected, and that's okay. So, give a little bit more of the story. General Zod um, was literally bred to be a warrior to protect Krypton. That's his purpose for existence. Yeah, he loses that purpose. We're not giving really much away. If you know anything about the super, this happens early in the movie. If you know the Superman, Krypton stuff, is no more. Krypton gets destroyed, um, and but there's this there's this plan. There's this way that it could be in a sense brought back, and that's what Zod is focused on, trying to in a sense recreate Krypton, and then uh, Superman in effect takes that away from him. So he loses his purpose for existence. You've taken away my soul. Is 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 in effect what he says to Superman near the end as as they get into their their mano a mano battle that you talked about with the five hundred year punches. So that I, but that but Superman also so so this idea Zod has this sense of this is my purpose this is my destiny and Superman himself is is searching for in the movie. What is my purpose? What is my destiny? Because he, unlike fellow Kryptonians, was not bred for a specific purpose. No, he was uh, he was not bred. He was not bred. He was naturally conceived, right. naturally born. Unlike in this movie, unlike other Kryptonians, for centuries they had but been. But there is still a sense of calling that, and that his father gave him a calling and and asked him to freely embrace it. But he has to freely embrace exactly. it, exactly, as opposed to Zodwitz almost. Uh, an impetus within him, a drive right. uh, towards this action of being a, a warrior for the protection and preservation of Krypton. Krypton. And, and it, you said Superman, he's got to freely embrace it. Zod, it's this task that's assigned.
ingrained to him almost genetically, innately, mm-hmm. yeah. that he cannot escape from. Although uh, we here here at Ignition, we firmly reject the notion of genetic uh, determinalism. Yes, we do. We, we, I was afraid you were going to say we, we reject the notion of genes, but I'm glad you didn't say that. No, 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 no we don't. Uh, like Levi's, Wranglers, they're great. They're, they're all good. Just no skinny jeans. Okay. So, hey. Anyway. <laughs> um, so, super, but this idea of, of, of having a purpose, a destiny, and freely embracing it. Right. God the Father has a purpose, a plan, a destiny for each one of us, ultimately communion with him. But in terms of our uh, of our state in life, our the, the specifics of, of our earthly journey, he has a plan for us, but he wants us to freely embrace it. Yes. Right. Yes. To 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 hear that call, to embrace that call, and, and and to enact that call. And and many times, for most of us, for the two, for for you and I, you know, some people are blessed with having an early on, a sense very early on in their lives of what you know, and number of particularly priests who knew when they were boys that they were called to be a priest. I didn't have a sense of what I was called to. Um, I don't think you had a sense early. No, not on. until college, really. Right. So. Yeah. so, so Oftentimes, it's young adulthood that we go through that discernment process. It's given to us. We're called to it, but discovering it and then embracing it is something that takes time. And we see that in Man of Steel with Superman. We do. Okay, so so we've got this um, that demelit. What were what were the other, some other dimensions or themes that struck you about? Well, the, 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 the main one I really like to get at uh, in this podcast is uh, the one of the common good. And because General Zod, uh, as you said, he, he's he's a bit of a um, uh, likable villain. He does have some qualities to him because he he's a protector. I mean, he's a warrior, but he but he's he's he you know he says I'm a protector of Krypton. Right. And that's uh, in the story. You know, there's uh, um, in the at the prologue, if you would, of the movie, where uh, he is seeking to protect Krypton, and all his actions are towards that. And as he best sees it. Now, of course, he's wrong, but uh, in there he has this notion of the common good. And that's really kind of an interesting, it's an important topic because the, the phrase common good is used a lot in American society, but mm-hmm. it's it's a phrase I think we just um, use in utilitarian way. And this is the way General Zod uses it in the movie is that the common good is uh, the most good for the most amount of people possible. Kind of utilitarianism, yep. maximize pleasure, minimize pain. Yep. And if we can maximize pleasure, minimize pain, we've served the the common good. Uh, but that isn't uh, a Catholic notion, and there's some there's some faults with that notion of the common good. Right. So the Catechism actually gives uh, uh, several paragraphs where it talks about and gives a definition and some of the conditions and characteristics of the common good. If you want to look them up, it starts in 1905 in the, in the catechism and proceeds from there. But at the heart of it is it's the common good. um, It's more than just about me. It's the common good, what's common to all of us, but, but it doesn't neglect the dignity of each and every human person. It's more than just the sum of the parts, but it includes, it certainly includes the dignity and worth of every human being, as opposed to what you were just describing, the idea of utilita- utilitarianism is willing to sacrifice the 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 few if it's if it serves the many and that i think of the uh i believe it's lenin uh who said you have to break a few uh, eggs to make an omelet exactly saying that yeah we might trample on the rights of a few or hurt a few in order to maximize the rights of all others yep. and that's that's horrible yep. uh the catechism talks about that connection and says the good of each individual is necessarily related to the common good 
So the good of each individual is necessarily related to the common good. And so to build a common good built on the violation of certain individuals is not a common good at all. No. And that's what we so we and we see that tension. Superman has a desire to save and is that you can save all of them. Yeah. But you can he, before they says you can save her talking about a specific character, Lois Lane in this context. So there's this recognition that there's that communal common good, but it's it's built on, rooted in, includes the di- dignity of each, of each and every human person, as opposed to Zod's approach, which just looks at the whole and what's going to maximize the good. You know, yes, it might cost the 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 lives of more than a few, right. but it will result in the, the the maximal benefit for a greater number. Right, want to be so much better. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. And so uh, uh, now, of course, it's always different from like where someone chooses to freely suffer themselves for the sake of the good of another. Right. Because they're freely choosing to suffer and and according to their own specific time and moment and personality. But when uh, you impose suffering and even death on someone else or a violation of rights and so on, as you impose violations of rights on someone, then uh, you create a false good. Yeah, it's a, it, yeah, it's a false good and a false understanding of the common good. You, there is no common good if there is no dignity of the individual human person. So you referred to Lenin. I it was definitely Zod have operates sort of that not a communist, but, no. but that mentality of it's it, you know, the individuals are just a cogs in the machine, and so the purpose is to make the the, the machine, machine maximize the machine, so to speak. Right, right. And so uh, uh, which which is even I, I suppose. Uh, their casting of the Krypton culture. You know, we talked about, uh, this is probably a small spoiler, but we already spoiled it anyways. I'll that, go see the movie and then come back. Yeah. Thank you. So, welcome back. Um, but that uh, Zod is a genetically engineered uh, birth in that way, whereas uh, Kal-El Superman is not. But so in that genetically engineered notion, there's this idea that there's this master plan of all Krypton, of yep. how each person fits into the cogs, yep. and then they're determined to do those things and, and execute those actions. And Superman's Kryptonian father, Jor-El, Jor-El uh, tells Superman at one point, um, you'll have to see the movie to explain how that happens, but he tells, the, basically points to, th- that that's one way in which Krypton sort of decays from within they had this outward expansiveness this civilization that 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 searched the stars and and explored creation the universe Mm -hmm. but that sort of all stopped and 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 they started you know what you the 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 breeding genetically creating uh kryptonians and so on so just reflective of, of a society that's crumbling within upon itself ultimately literally to the crumbling of the planet and its destruction Right, and so kind of showing, I think, that pattern of of death in that way, and how that that, uh, this vision of a common good is not for the good of when when it's not for the good of each, it will never ultimately be for the good of all. Exactly. Right. Anything else along the lines of that theme that you want to talk about? Um. Well, no, I think that I think there's more ways we could talk about this societally. Yeah. Um. uh, Applications in our own day and age. Um. Of. in, in our own government to right now, you know, with questions about, 
you know, rights of privacy violations in regard to wire, uh, phone taps, uh, email access, things like that through the NSA and other people. And one of the ways that they tried justifying it is, well, look, you know, we, we actually stopped quite a few things because of right. this information. And so, again, this notion of the ends justify and another, another bad moral notion that the ends justify the means. Uh, uh, which so I, which is another critique which is brought up in this movie. Yep. Yeah, yeah, that, that was good. I thought about that earlier. I'm glad you said that again. Reminded me, that's definitely Zod. Like he's got the, a good, legitimately good end in mind. Protect Krypton, exactly. Uh, but yet the means by which to get there, it doesn't matter. And one of his, one of his. Uh, Sidekicks is not the right word. One of his henchwoman, I can't remember the character's name right no, now. I can't remember her name. She at least, you know, it, it's, it, it doesn't matter. I mean, as long as this is the, the end in mind, you do whatever you can to get right. there, basically. Tells Superman at one point that his, mor- his morality are a hindrance. There's this yes. whole thing. We, about- we have evolved beyond this morality. Exactly. And we have this ultimate end in mind. We'll go towards this end and we won't concern morality. Uh, which and so in Superman's standing for morality or the portrayal of amorality as destructive by the director and the writers, we see just kind of this truth that man is moral, and to deny the moral the moral dimension of man is actually to lead to man's unhappiness. Exactly. Yeah, and and really, and it's very much a critique then of social Darwinism, the idea that you know morality can inhibit the you know, evolution of humanity, et cetera, et cetera. Right. That, that that when we stopped, when we pause to serve morality, we get in the way of progress. Right. Yep. Yep. Boy, we hear that. Yeah. Mm. So. Anything else along those lines that um, you want to? Well, I, I don't think this is, probably, but this is one of my favorite ones. I told this to you when we spoke after I saw the movie is uh, uh, just really odd timing with the whole. Uh, it was released at the same time. If you're listening to this uh, in the future, released about the same time that we had uh, different revelations of like the NSA and some other government organizations doing some spying, some recording of things. At the very end of the movie, uh, Superman resists being spied upon <laughs> by uh, by the uh, army and the government. He he crashes down a Predator drone. Takes out a $12 and tells, million dollar drone. Yeah, and, and tells the general, I will not be, uh, you will not find out where I hang my cape. Right, right. You know, and I found that was hilarious. That was, yeah, yeah. There so, was... There's another line that I'm not going to mention on the air because it's a it's it's a bit more spoilerish um, that I really that I just thought was hilarious too. Yeah, but we'll talk about that. But that does also bring up the, the idea too of um, just kind of the notion of, and and this might be a thread. I'd be curious to see maybe if and if be a thread for a future movie is uh, will a government stand have competition? Right. You know, and because yeah. there's a seed in there of just his relationship with the military already expressed and just kind yeah. of it's it's nascent, it's seminal, it's early on and be an interesting avenue for them to explore. But uh, will a government uh, allow competitors? Because that's one of our concerns uh, right now. We're at the end of June getting ready for the Fortnite of Freedom. Right. Uh, and uh, the second annual Fortnite of Freedom. Uh, and yeah, because it seems to us, one of that's our concern is that uh, our government is moving towards a line where it doesn't want to have any competitors. Right. And that goes back to Thomas Hobbes' Leviathan. I mean, the nation state, mm. you know, not not broking any competition in, in the end might allow them for a time, but eventually it seeks to swallow up everything within it. Mm. The, you know, just we, we got about... 30 seconds left, Father. And, and one thing I do want to mention in the movie, there's a number of Christological allusions. As one critic says, the the movie um, doesn't so much dramatize these references to, to Christ as presume them. 
and, and some other. It, it, uh, there's a one one commenter made a reference to Flannery O'Connor's statement that the South is Christ haunted, and this movie is sort of Christ haunted. It just presumes that the movie goer, and it's as, as we you and I talked briefly before we went on the air. Um, I, that's a good thing that 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 pop culture is still Christ haunted. Right, and that it still recognizes that that is something that we should reference, and that reference has some resonance. Exactly. Although I fear, in some ways, it is only a haunting and a ghost. But we'll have to talk about that another time. We'll wrap this episode up. And again, feel free anytime to email me uh, questions, comments for future episodes. Cbergwald at sfcatholic.org. C-B-U-R-G-W-A-L-D at sfcatholic.org. Until next time, may Almighty God bless you, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.